TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Here's uh, Ryan Fagan, lead baseball writer for the Sporting News. Hey, Ryan. How are we doing today? Oh, we're doing okay. So I, I'm curious your opinion. I kind of sent you what some of the topics I was going to bring up, but I didn't include this one. Does enough happen in baseball during these months to keep us engaged and interested? I know that we get the occasional trade or free agent signing, even a, a bombshell uh, once in a while. But should they condense the postseason into a period of time that has a deadline, and after that deadline, uh, you gotta you gotta stay still? Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I think when you look at the excitement that uh, NBA free agency, NFL free agency, all these different leagues, the excitement they create, whereas baseball, it's just, I mean, it's, look, sitting around and waiting is not fun. It's not exciting. It doesn't keep you in the headlines, you know. I mean, the, the whispers that somebody might have, you know, had dinner with somebody else at a certain restaurant in Chicago, I mean, that's that shouldn't be what it's built around. Um, you know, so I, I would I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. You know, I think we got a little bit of a glimpse um, into what it could be uh, a couple years ago before the labor short the labor stoppage um, when there was the deadline that players couldn't sign until if they didn't sign by a certain time um, they wouldn't be able to sign for a long time. And that that the couple of days before that were awesome. It was great, and it was just kind of like, hey, this is how it could be. Um, so, yeah, I would think that that's something, you know, players aren't going to like that and teams aren't going to like that because they, they enjoy play this, playing this waiting game. But, you know, it, it certainly doesn't do anything to um, to increase the excitement level the way, uh, the way that it could, the way the other leagues do. So I'm going to jump in with uh, my favorite team, the Cleveland Guardians, so then we can move on to other things. But usually, you know, there's nothing that anyone can report about Cleveland that I don't already know or that, uh, you know, isn't already leading somewhere. Uh, but I don't know if they want to trade Shane Bieber. I can't really figure that out, uh, or if the market is there. I also don't know if they want to trade Emmanuel Classe, uh, their closer, although I would be highly in favor of that because for a team that's probably not going to win the World Series, what good does a closer do? So where where do you stand on those things? Well, I think with, with Bieber, part of the issue is he means so much to Cleveland and to the fans and to the team. And, and he's not coming off his best year, right? So the, the, the trade value that he might have does not meet the level of importance that Shane Bieber has meant to that, to that franchise, right? So Cleveland's asking price 
you know, it seems is a, is a lot higher than what teams are offering. I think that's some of the gap. But, you know, we're not just seeing that with Shane Bieber. You know, there's a reason that, that Corbin Burns is still with Milwaukee. There's a reason that Dylan Cease is still with, you know, the, the White Sox. Is these teams are asking a lot, and, and the teams that need pitching are kind of, you know, hemming and hawing and not wanting to commit um, to the prospects that, that could be. I think everyone's secretly – concerned that they're going to do something like the Cardinals did a couple of years ago and trade away, you know, Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallon in, in one deal, right? You don't want to hey, be, be quiet, Ryan. Does that. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I think, you know, I think that's part of it. You know, uh, with class a, you know, he's a guy that, man, I, I think even with, as you said, you know, Cleveland's not necessarily primed to win the world series, but that division is, is very much there for the taking. And I think that factors into to Bieber, too. I mean, and the, the Twins took a step back. You know, I think the Tigers are going to be good. They've made some, some smart moves this offseason. But, I mean, the Cleveland, they look at it and say, okay, well, can we, you know, get from the mid-70s to 85, 87 wins? I mean, yeah, that's it's not uh, unfeasible to think that could happen. I think maybe that's part of it, too. That's why the, the asking prices remain so high, because if they're going to trade those two guys, it's got to be worth it. So I'm going to give you, uh, we're talking uh, baseball, of course, with Ryan Fagan, senior baseball writer for the Sporting News. I'm going to give you five names here, and, and just off the cuff, I want you to uh, give me your opinion of their destination. I know that's not what journalists do, but let's have a little fun <laughs> here. Uh, Blake Snell, where where will he end up? I still think San, San Francisco. You know, I mean, they've, they've got the, the motivation to do some big things, and you look at uh, a couple of things there, you know, Blake Snell, I think, threw two or three times against the Giants last year, and he didn't allow an earned run, right? So that's a pretty good audition for a team if you're saying, hey, look what I can do, look what I did to you guys last year. You know, and then the factor, you know, that Bob Melvin is there now. Um, you know, Snell had his, you know, two of his three best years, you know, with Bob Melvin as the manager. Um, and so I think that's part of it, too. So I think he winds up there. Jordan Montgomery. I still think he winds up back in Texas. Um, I, you know, I, it feels like he had the very sour taste from the end of his time in New York. And um, while it would be fun to go back there and, and have the Yankees give him a giant contract a couple of years ago after they said he wasn't going to be in their playoff rotation, there would be some satisfaction there. I think he fit. He fits so well in Texas. You know, they know what know what he can do in the regular season, especially in the postseason. I still think he winds up back there. Closer, Josh Hader. That's a good question. You know where I'd love to see him go? That one's really a tough one, I think. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, don't, don't hate me, but I can see him winding up uh, with the Dodgers. You know, I mean, the Dodgers still so have. Could I? You know, I know they spent a ton of money, but closer is a spot. You know, Evan Phillips is fine, you know, but is he the guy that you – want back there in the biggest of games i mean it's not his fault certainly that they they got knocked out the last couple of years but you know if you're looking to upgrade you know i think that and you're looking for teams that are willing to spend the money you know they, they fit that bill cody bellinger probably back in chicago um although if i'm any team i'm super hesitant about giving him a contract based off of what he did last year because he was good last year there's no doubt about it but man he was he was so yeah. he was so bad he was so bad and if you're going to give guaranteed money you know if you can work out the contract 
in some way, shape, or form that is somewhat beneficial to the team, then that's one thing. Um, but, man, I, w- I would just be hesitant about giving him a seven- or eight-year deal. And then my fifth one, I'll kind of go off the radar just a little bit, although this guy hit 36 home runs last year. He holds the all-time single-season record for home runs for the Royals, Jorge Soler. Yeah, uh, he he's interesting, you know, because I think he's he's one of those guys that because there are other DHs on the market, right? There's Soler and there's JD Martinez and there's Justin Turner and a couple other guys. We may not see them sign until you know until even spring training because I think teams are going to kind of want to see how things play out and they're not going to rush to give these guys as much money as they might want when there are other options on the market and considering they're basically just a DH, you know, they can fit into a lot of places and a lot of teams want to see how other positions shake out. Where does Bellinger sign? Where does Matt Chapman sign? Where are these other guys sign? What trades happen? And then they'll go about filling that DH spot, especially considering, like I said, there are still multiple solid options in that role. So to be honest, I I don't know. I don't know where where Solaire winds up. So I'm usually of the opinion that if you make an upgrade, it doesn't necessarily matter who it is or how necessarily big of an upgrade it is. So, you know, the the guys that uh, the Royals have added, Hunter Renfro and Michael Waka and uh, Seth Lugo and others, not really the sexiest names, but they're all pretty much upgrades, right? What, is, what does that ultimately mean for the Royals' fate in 2024, do you think? I, I thought all three of those were great signings, uh, great signings. I mean, not like, you know, Tohei Otani signings, but for what the Royals needed to get incrementally better to add any sort of semblance of stability to that rotation is huge. And, you know, Lugo and, and Waka were really good. I think everybody kind of looks at San Diego and said, you know, they're, they're struggling. Everybody must be struggling. But Waka was really good. Seth Lugo was really good. And that was really Lugo's first chance, extended chance to be a starter. Um, and you don't often see that with guys in their early 30s, but I think he did a really good job with that. Um, so, yeah, I think those are both good signings. And, you know, to hit home runs in Kansas City, you got to have a lot of power, not like mid-level power. you got to have a lot of power. And Hunter Renfro has a lot of power, you know. I mean, I think and if nothing else, he could be a guy that, you know, that they move. And all three of them could be guys that they move if things don't go quite as well. But, again, it comes back to that NL Central. You know I mean? Look, the Royals aren't going to go from whatever they won last year, 56 games, to the playoffs. You know, it's not going to happen. Um but they'll get, they could get back to sniffing 500, right? I think that's possible. And I think, but the only way that was going to happen is if they added stability to the rotation. And you know, quite honestly, I think in in Waka and Lugo, they probably added. You know, I would probably rather have that duo than what the Cardinals did um, with with Lynn and Kyle Gibson. You know, Sonny Gray take him out of the equation. But you know, we're just looking at back end type starters. Uh, you know, I, I like what Waka and Lugo could be for that Royals team. Uh, that's two times you've kind of slapped around the Cardinals, but uh, that's okay. We love, we love you. Ryan Fagan, our guest, (laughs) (laughs) Ryan uh, Fagan, our guest from the sporting news. So I, before, before you leave, I do want your thoughts on the Cardinals and especially the the decision, uh, to bring in Heim Bloom as an advisor to John Mazalak. I want to know if you think that hat, what impact you think that will have, but first talk about, uh, it's the Braves and Dodgers. I know you have a piece coming out on, in the sporting news about that. Uh, what, what's uh, can any can any National League team get into that fray with those two behemoths? 
not in the regular season. Um, you know, I think when you look at those teams, and I mean, they, they're look quite honestly, those are 110 win rosters, right? If they stay healthy, those teams could win 110 games without a whole lot of trouble. Um, you know, the question is, is what are they going to do in the off season? And I think you, you so you look at, I mean, because we look at the way that the Phillies ousted the Braves, the way the Diamondbacks ousted. The, the Dodgers, and there were issues in those rosters, even though they both won 100 games last year. So they've gone about trying to solve those issues, right? And I think they've done a good job. The question is, is are they going to be healthy? So kind of looking for tomorrow's piece, it was just like, okay, well, who's actually better? Is it the Dodgers or is it the Braves on paper? And you look position by position, and kind of the conclusion you come to is that you can't really judge it by the best of the best because if you're trying to tell me that – the Betts, Freeman, Otani trio is better than the Acuna, um, Olsen, Riley trio, then sure, but not much. But if you look like the whole weakest, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link, then you start to see where the Braves have the advantage, you know, because they don't have a major defensive liability at third base. Um, they don't have an outfield where, I mean, it's it's questionable, right? You look at the Acuna and Harris and Pelnick versus uh, Hayward and Outman and, and Hernandez, and that's a pretty big advantage uh, for, for Atlanta. So I think it, just kind of in doing that exercise, almost for myself, just to get ready for the season, you know, these, these Braves are, they may not have made the biggest splashes like the Dodgers have, but man, they're, they're still really good. Especially if Chris Sale is uh, what we think he could be again. So before we let you go, what about the Cardinals and their decision to bring in Heim Bloom as an advisor? I thought it was great. You know, I think he took way, way, way too much blame for the way things went south in Boston. You know, he was kind of operating within the parameters they gave him. Um, and that's why you saw Mookie Betts leave. Um, that's why you saw Xander Bogarts leave. Um, I think when you look at kind of the improvement that he's had in the, he's made in the Boston system. I mean, it was the worst system in baseball, one of the two or three, when he when he took over. And now they're mid-pack, right? You know, you know Bernie McClaus wrote a really good column kind of looking at his impact on some of the pitching prospects and what happened when he was with Tampa Bay, what happened was he was with Boston. And I think that's, that's kind of an area that the Cardinals have, have not been as good at over the past several years. And I think that he's, you know, he's a really smart baseball guy. And I think that he's going to be a big asset Plus, he has enough of, I don't want to say enough of an ego, but he has enough of a, enough stature and reputation who can come in and his words carry weight, right? His opinions carry weight in that room where sometimes I think maybe other opinions get overshadowed a little bit. So I thought, I thought he was real good. You know, and I know I, 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 I kid about the Cardinals a little bit. I, they're going to be better, right? They're going to be right in that mix for the NL Central um, this year. I think it's, you know, maybe they didn't do the, the as big of a thing as things as, as some Cardinals fans kind of hope, but I still think they they are a dramatically better team right now than they were at this point last year. One more starting pitcher. I keep hoping, but we'll see. Uh, Ryan, always a pleasure. We really like uh, talking baseball with you. Stay warm over the next week or so, and we'll get you on again yeah. as we get closer to spring training. All right, sounds good. Enjoy it, guys. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, all. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.